0: Well, it is the fourth Monday of the month, and as uh, we always do, uh, just honored that uh, Dr. Jonathan Sanford, the president of the University of Dallas, is here, and he always brings in a wonderful guest, or every now and then we're on the phone, but uh, he's live and in person in studio and has a great guest with him. And so I know before we get to your guest, Dr. Sanford, you wanted to talk about something, some exciting news from the University of Dallas, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. So we have airing this week on EWTN, the, the Global Catholic Television Station, a program called The Quest. It aired in the fall and so many people loved it that EWTN said, Do you mind if we air that again? So it's it's late um, this time around, I think ten o'clock at night, central time. But we're airing at noon through our social media channels, it an episode each day of a five part miniseries. It's focused on how to live a life of real meaning and purpose in light of God's plan for our life. And um after each of those episodes during the noon hour, we're we are featuring one of our faculty contributors to the program called The Quest. And this corresponds with our our core challenge week where we're raising funds for scholarships for our, our students.
0: Okay, so, so 10 uh, p.m. on EWTN, 10 p.m. Central, and that right. begins uh, tonight? Or? It,
1: it began last night, actually. Oh, okay. But you can catch up by um, our social media channels as well. So once they've aired... We, uh, you can have access to it and you get, you can get caught up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember in the fall because we promoted it very heavily on the radio and it was so key, neat to see the, uh, uh, the teamwork between EWTN and the University of Dallas yes. and for the great university to be featured on the, the global network. Yes. All right. Well, very good. It's called The Quest and you can get it on the social media sites and also 10 p.m. on EWTN and watch it on EWTN television. That's so, right. That's right. All right. And well, we got a great guest in we, the studio. we, we
1: do indeed. And, and it's my great pleasure to, to, to um, uh, introduce Luis Gonzalez, who is just very recently the ceo of the society of st. vincent de paul for north texas and louise is one of our outstanding alumni and uh, this is an opportunity for me to talk to an alumnus who's doing remarkable things in his in his work so thank you for joining the show louise
2: thank you very much for having me it's a pleasure to be here jonathan thank you
1: well you know it's it's uh, you've you've got a background um that has stretched several decades and have done extensive work um i know you were with all state Many years, and after that, you were involved in a couple of other companies, and something moved in you to to um, take on the leadership role of the Saint Vincent de Paul Society. What what was that?
2: You know, it really was the the Holy Spirit just moving. Um It was probably about um, a, month, a year ago. It was back in June that I just started to feel very unsettled uh, about returning back to work. You know, it was, it was after all the COVID and the call was to, to return back into the office. And, and while it had nothing to do with actually going back into the office, it had everything to do with, is this really where the Lord is calling me? Um, mm-hmm. I- is this really what he wants me to be doing? And I, I spoke with my spiritual director about it. Um, you know, typically when we have our sessions, you know, I'll always talk about the family and everything, but first words out of my mouth were, you know, father, I'm very unsettled. Mm-hmm. So he was like, okay, that's a different start. Let's, let's get into that. Why is that? And, uh, so we started talking and, and he made it, he, he prompted me. He told me, he said, you know, maybe the Lord is calling you Then mm-hmm. you need to put that to prayer. And, uh, so I did and, uh, I, you know, the, he can work miracles very, very quickly. Uh, two weeks later, I uh, received a, a cold call from a recruiter for nonprofits and mm-hmm. one thing led to another. And with each iteration of the interviews and the discussion and learning about what the Society of St. Vincent de Paul does, mm-hmm. uh, it became very evident that, that God was calling me to something, something more meaningful.
1: Well, um, I, I want to talk about the Society of St. Saint- Vincent DePaul for a little while, and it was sure. wonderful to have a conversation with you ahead of, of this interview, and and it was a conversation that revealed to me my ignorance about. The extension of the work, or the extensiveness, I should say, of the work of the Society of Saint Vincent de Paul. Most of my experience of the society has been the thrift store on on the one yeah. hand, and um, nearly ubiquitous in, in every city. Um, but but also I know that the society finds ways to reach out to neighbors who are in extreme yes. need. But could you could you take us through what the society does here in North Texas and and the full array of its
2: Definitely, definitely. Thank you. One of the things that was so beautiful for me as I was discovering about the society going through the whole process of making the transition uh, was just learning that first and foremost, the society is here to help grow in holiness. So Vincentians are called to to deepen their spirituality, to deepen their understanding of what it means to be Catholic. And so in growing in holiness, we then go out and do the works that Christ has called us to do. Um, We're here to serve the poor. Mm-hmm. To serve our neighbors. And so we walk with them on their, on their journey. Um, when somebody comes to us in, with needs, um, we do what's called home visits and we'll go out, we'll visit with, with a neighbor and come to understand what their needs are. What is it that, that, that has them in the current situation that they're in? And oftentimes in doing that, we start to learn about other things that are going on. Mm-hmm. And so we can extend other services to them and other assistance to them. Um, and, and it really is just it's a beautiful way for our faith life to manifest itself in true works of charity. Mm-hmm. And uh, here in, in in North Texas, uh, we have over 750 Vincentians mm-hmm. um, based out of 30, to 35 to 40 different conferences. Most of them are, are parish based. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we were discussing uh, out in the lobby, we happen to have uh, a conference at the University of Dallas. Uh, I'm anxious to try and get one started at uh, SMU as well. Um, but we've got an opportunity here to really just continue to gr- help our, our, our organization. And our our volunteers, our Vincentians, grow. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the services that we provide uh, really are everything from uh, uh, local food pantries, uh, emergency assistance for rent, uh, Mm -hmm. utilities. Uh, We have a fabulous uh, charitable uh, pharmacy, uh, the first of its kind, a freestanding charitable pharmacy in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, We currently are uh, giving out free medications to people with chronic illnesses, everything from high blood pressure, high cholesterol, asthma, uh, behavioral uh, health uh, issues as well. um, and so all of these are just the different types of, of ways that we go about trying to extend ourselves to help our neighbors in, in whatever their needs might be. I
1: want, I want to make sure we all understand the, the terminology um, and uh- – Uh Vincentian is a volunteer who's a member of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. That's correct. Typically a layperson. Correct. And a conference is a a local chapter, a a group that's got a a parish typically, but in in our case, the University of Dallas.
2: Very good. Exactly right. Exactly right.
1: And and a neighbor is somebody who's in need.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: So, um, you know, one of the things that stands out to me about the way that you talk about the work of the Vincentians is, um, th- that it's so focused on the individual. And I'm reminded of, uh, of something that St. John Paul II reminds us of many times that lo- love is not universal, right? It, it's always got to be directed to the individual in, in concert with God's plan for them. Um, and, and that's maybe where we could talk a little bit more about this, this call to sanctification or, or holiness. That's, mm-hmm. that's part of the work. But, um, what, what kind of relationships develop from the work that Vincentians do with with neighbors, and and what what's the goal for the neighbors beyond the material um, um, uh, needs being met?
2: Really, the the goal for the neighbor is for them to get back to a place of self sufficiency, um, and then of course in an ideal state that that returning to self sufficiency enables them to perhaps then come to serve others as well to help those who might be in similar situations um, but but for us what what we try to do is focus again on 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 Creating that level of trust, that uh, giving them a place and a person that they can relate to. It, mm-hmm. it, to your point, it, it really is very much a, a personal relationship. It's, it's helping to helping them to know and encounter Christ. And, and the irony is that you know we go thinking that we're going there to serve, mm-hmm. that that we, we we walk into this and we think, okay, we need to be like Christ for them. But what happens is we end up discovering Christ in them. Mm -hmm. And and so many times I hear Vincentians talk about the fact that they go in and they walk away and they're like, all right, who was it that just got served? Mm -hmm. Because I've walked away with this greater degree and understanding of of who he is, Uh, who I thought Christ was. I now see in somebody completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really just helps to to make our faith so, so real and so true Mm.
1: that 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 is powerful. Um, You know. One one of the things that I think moderns um, in general get caught up on when they're thinking about charity work, um, you know, on the one hand is the sort of the distance from the individual. Uh, we already mentioned that, but we can fall into thinking that there's a an opposition, and I'll, I'll use the terminology that often comes up in moral philosophy. So, uh, with apologies to our listeners who are wondering why I'm I'm getting a little technical, but altruism. Being opposed to egoism, altruism uh, being supposedly a, a kind of of giving of oneself without any expectation of reward, and egoism is just seeking um, the good for myself. And I I would describe those terms as as really presenting a false dichotomy. Um, I don't think that either the scriptures or the Catholic tradition um, tell us that what it is to love others is to not put ourself into that in some fashion. And in fact, we're, we're encouraged to think about our eternal reward, but that's not the, the best motivation for loving another. It's, it's real genuine concern for the other, but a concern for the other that's predicated upon friendship. And, and friendship is mutually beneficial. And and so all of our efforts to purify our intentions when it comes to our works of service or charity work um, if we think that that we're not supposed to feel benefited as you just described from our interactions with neighbors um, that that's really a a a losing a, Motivation, right? Because you you just won't get there, and you shouldn't get there. It's not the point. You want friendship with the other.
2: I I, I totally agree. And and when you walk away from that, when you allow yourself to be humbled enough mm-hmm. to be able to recognize that we too are in need of of salvation. We too are in need of that encounter with Christ on a regular basis. We can walk away from that visit with the neighbor or the assistance that we provided, and and recognize, Lord, you just you worked through me mm-hmm. and thank you. I, I am, I'm not worthy of that. And I thought that I was, but you just reminded me that, that I'm not. Mm-hmm. And, and there's such, there's such a grace that comes from that. Mm-hmm. There's such a, a, a recognition that, um, that he is so much greater than, than all of us. And mm-hmm. he loves each and every one of us at a very personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it reminds me, I, I was, I was fortunate enough to be at the, uh, at our pharmacy uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, ch- talking with the uh, the staff there and the team and one of our, our neighbors walked in to, to pick up some medication um, we could very easily just ship that out to them um, mm-hmm. we, we typically do about 85 percent of our uh, medications are are shipped out overnight to our pay uh, to the, our neighbors in need um, but this particular neighbor came in and he's been coming in regularly mm-hmm. just so he could see the staff mm-hmm. um, sometimes he'll bring you know cookies and something that he and his family have baked um, mm-hmm. but it's a personal relationship that's been established mm-hmm. and, um, and and then I I asked the staff about that and they said we just love to see him come in Mm -hmm. Um, he loves to see us uh, especially now that you know it's easier to be able to come in um he'll do that on on a regular basis and it just it it underscored for me the need for that personal relationship that um that that we're fortunate to be able to establish
1: yeah one more question on this topic and then i want to talk about your approach to leadership um but um you know you you began by describing the Vincentian emphasis on personal holiness. And um, you know, that's a tremendous benefit. You're not you're not using those neighbors that you're working with in pursuit of holiness, but but this expression of of um neighborly care is is one that is born as the fruit of this pursuit of of holiness. What what does holiness mean within the context of of the society's Um, approach what 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 does it look
2: like i I think what holiness would look like for for any any member of the society would be allowing oneself to discover how god wants to use them (laughs) and then willingly submitting to that willingly submitting to the opportunity to serve in whatever that capacity might be Um, and then seeking proactively seeking out those opportunities, uh, looking for them. Um, it's very easy to go through the hustle and bustle of our day mm-hmm. and not pause to recognize, okay, was that Christ there? Mm-hmm. Was that an opportunity for me to do something for somebody? Um, and, and when we submit ourselves in that way and when we look at those at, at every opportunity, at every day, at every uh, interaction as that opportunity to connect somebody Mm -hmm. um it it really does become very transformative um and it can be something as simple as a smile Mm -hmm. um to to how often do we pull up to a stoplight and there's a homeless person there a panhandler somebody who's seeking assistance Mm -hmm. and we turn away no one wants to look at them but if you just look look them in the eye and smile Mm -hmm. you'll get a smile back and how often do we then also get a god bless you from them Mm-hmm. they They bless us, mm-hmm. you know where we think that we are so much better sometimes, but they're there and they're the ones who bless us th- those are the types of opportunities i think that um that that's that call of call to holiness, yeah,
1: thank you for that so you did not do your undergraduate at the university of dallas um and and uh but you you received an m b a from us, and this was back in in the nineties and um you know, the, the focus there in the NBA is on on leadership, and um, I, I'm curious what what sort of uh, lessons you took from that period of of instruction while you were also working full time, as as so many of our graduate students do. Um, how, how did that change your approach to to
0: leadership?
2: Some of the biggest things I learned from from that MBA program uh, that I was fortunate enough to to go through was um, the need for for collaboration, particularly across you know maybe individuals that you typically wouldn't interact with. I, I love the way the classes were oftentimes structured so that um, you, you know you had your folks that you would sit sit with on a, on a regular basis, but then you would have projects that you would force you to interact with with other departments. And the way we the, the way I went through the MBA program, it was with a, a single corporate sponsor. Um, um, uh all state insurance at the time and uh, we, so we were all people that worked together, but typically it was from different departments. so the MBA program helped uh, helped us to start to figure out how to take down the walls that typically stood between uh, departments and that that really stuck with me that was mm-hmm. something that uh, I realized that there was a need for. Collaboration beyond just the initial um, folks that you typically work with on a regular basis. Uh, that and then just learning to become more strategic in nature. Um, you can be very focused on on the to dos of what is needed today, uh, but needed to recognize that there is a, a more strategic view that's oftentimes needed to help guide you in the day to day activities that you are doing. Um, and, and both of those were were pretty substantial uh, components of uh, of what I what I learned and how I was formed during that MBA program.
1: What, what do you consider the most important marks of a good leader? within a corporate structure?
2: Um, I would say um, first and foremost would be empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think it's a word that we – don't talk about too often Mm -hmm. but um you need to be very empathetic as a leader um listening um to to your team um leadership is is a privilege uh again i think for those who get into leadership with the thought of okay that's 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 the 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 name that i want on the on on the plaque you know that's the title that i want to have um you're kind of missing the point when it comes to leadership Mm -hmm. um leadership we're supposed to serve others um we're supposed to be there to help guide and support um and, and really help transform others um, for me the greatest satisfaction is being able to work with somebody and help them see the potential in themselves beyond what they had anticipated mm-hmm. um and, and being able to see them just take off and go and and uh and 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 mm-hmm achieve these levels of excellence that they didn't see for themselves, mm-hmm. they just needed a little bit of a nudge. Um, and, and so for me, it really is, it, it sounds cliche-ish, but I think it's true, uh, servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, we really are here to, to serve others. Um, and when we get, it kind of goes back to the whole conversation about holiness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can bring holiness to the to the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't necessarily always have to be out in front and um, kind of in your face type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really can just be in the manner by which you lead mm-hmm. and try to serve others and show them uh, that in, in in what you do.
1: Yeah, and 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 adding to that like doing doing your work really excellently. You know, yes. I, I I think sometimes um Christians can fall into a a, fi- a false um way of thinking about humility that that to, to be humble sometimes might seem as though you shouldn't endeavor to be really outstanding in your work and and to do it for the greater glory of God, right? To be really excellent. But but um, I know that that's not your mentality, and and I'm um, I I want I want to see what you what you think about how really being at the top of your game and following through and being successful integrates fully with what it is to be a a, a holy Catholic man or woman.
2: I, I absolutely agree. Um, we we have a moral obligation to do our best, right? Mm. To be the very best that we can be, and. I would, you know, not that I would know this personally, but I would have to think that Jesus was probably a pretty good carpenter, Um, probably one of the best in the business. (laughs) Um, And and so I think that's a good model for us to look at to say, you know, that's that's what we should strive to be like. Um, We should try strive for for that level of excellence. And and in doing that, we can honor God the Father back as well.
1: That's right. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, The. You know, uh, just to add that a little bit, I mean, when you said we have an obligation, a moral obligation to be really excellent, um, I, I I think that's what humility acknowledges, right? Mm -hmm. Because humility, if it's genuine humility, says every gift I have is a gift from God the Father, ultimately. Amen. And, and, um, you, you give him glory by using those gifts excellently.
2: I totally agree. Totally agree.
1: Um, how can, how can our listeners learn more about the Society of St. Vincent de Paul.
2: Um, they can go to our website www.svdpdallas.org. That's svdp like St. Vincent de Paul dot uh, org. And uh, there's plenty of information there about all of the systemic change programs that we have. Um, and certainly, there's also ways that they can uh, learn um, to be able to volunteer, um, certainly to donate um, if they're so, so moved to do so. Um, but there is a ton of information that's out there, and that's also where our listeners, if they're in need of assistance, they can also go there as well to get assistance, um, or they can call our helpline at 469-607-0909.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you for moving in this direction, being moved in this direction. Thank you for dedicating your professional life and your personal life to this just absolutely important and vital work through the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. Thanks for making your alma mater, the University of Dallas, so very proud.
2: Thank you very much. Appreciate it. God bless you.
1: Before I turn it back over to Dave, I just want to remind our listeners one more time of of the opportunity to uh, receive intellectual and spiritual formation for free through watching EWTN's The Quest series or going on to our, our social media channels. And and, uh, being nourished with what's being provided there. But there's, there's no cost. We just want people to. Uh, received from the bounty that we have at the University of Dallas.
0: And that is 10 o'clock on EWTN, 10 Central and then you said on the social media sites it's noon that it'll be shown and That's then... Right. And, and uh, there,
1: you can And you can become a, a VIP member, which just means tracking things and getting okay. some special access behind the scenes and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And, and also access to uh, literature and study questions if you want to go deeper.
0: Alright. Uh, well, thank you, Dr. Jonathan Sanford President of the University of Dallas with this University of Dallas segment. Congratulations on your new position, and I just wanted to repeat the uh, website, and also the helpline information. If you are interested in St. Vincent de Paul uh, of Dallas and you want to learn more about what they do or just get in touch uh, with Luis, uh, you can do so, uh, svdp.org, the helpline, 469 607 Did I get all that right?
2: It's svdpdallas.org. Oh, okay.
0: I'm sorry. No, I apologize. Thank you, yeah, Not svdpdallas.org. you got to get that Dallas in there, right? Exactly. <laughs>